Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 with the LFC Day Trippers. I'm Gav and this week it's Emma and Keith. Sean, he's off. Um, I think he's doing some hard for Bruce Springsteen in the RDS or something. Um, so uh, he didn't make it this week, but it is me, Keith and Emma. And this show is brought to you by bookmakers.com. Check out their website where you can find all the stats, analysis, articles, wherever you need on sport. If you gamble, please do it responsibly on that site where you can get all the odds on all the sports um, from all the bookmakers. Um... This week's show, um, the lads done a brilliant uh, post-match show after we beat Brentford 1-0 yesterday. We've lengthened those shows out a little bit, as you may have noticed. So when we come to this Sunday night, we'll talk a little bit about the game, but we definitely want to talk about Anfield yesterday before kickoff. We want to talk about the results today, um, coupled with our results yesterday. Um, the race for top four, a little bit of transfer stuff thrown in there, and we get it all done, wrapped up in about an hour and four minutes. Um, Keith says you say that every week but uh, we'll try our absolute best um, if you're in the chat I'm going to say it early if you're in the chat and you're watching now and there's a couple of hundred watching now hit the like button just do it now hit the like button then you don't have to do anything else if you don't want to for the rest of the show so hit that now um, I'll give you a little reminder later on as well but it helps us if you hit the like button um, if you're not subscribed subscribe um, and that allows you to make comments and stuff which we love in the chat turn your notifications on and every time we are going to go live you will get a notification um, 
charity stuff we'll talk about later as well because it's starting to pick up and it's starting to get really close. Uh, but Liverpool beat Brentford 1-0 yesterday. Now, as I said, we're not going to go in-depth into the game. Keith, I'll come to you first. We're winning games. We're keeping clean sheets. They're not the best performances in the world. They look a bit disjointed at times, players coming in and out. But we're winning games. And we've said it for so long. At this stage of the season, performances are secondary to results. Now, we have got annoyed over certain performances um, just through a lack of effort, we feel, in, in one or two. But I think that might be six league wins on the bounce for Liverpool, I think. Um, but, Keith, it was a win. It was a clean sheet. It, it keeps us in the race. And as we, we'll talk about later, um, it's a huge three points after what happened today. Yeah, brilliant. Um, you're right. Look, everybody wants the performances to improve because they haven't been great this year. We'll all put our hands up and say that. But at this stage of the game now, the performances, well, they do matter because if you're not playing well, you're not going to be in a position to win these games. We're getting over the line in them and that's the most important thing. Now, we felt there was a huge overreaction yesterday. Um, depending on where you watch the game, you probably seen it. You are listening to a different game than what your eyes are telling you, depending on who was trying to inform you of what was going on. But I thought they were comfortable yesterday. To be honest, I didn't. I thought they snuffed out Brentford's threat as much as possible. We'll come on to their main fucking threat in a while, I'm sure, and he wasn't one of their players. But we got through the game. Uh, we managed it well, I thought. We haven't been good at managing games this season either. Yeah. We, we really have struggled on that side of it. But I just felt that, you know, the threat that they had, um, set pieces and things like that, they didn't really test us. Alisson had a quiet enough game, you know, and I think at this stage it's just about rolling on and getting the wins on the board. Because if you look at the other teams, if you look at Manchester United, they look dead on their feet. If you look at Newcastle, I reckon they're going to shit the bed as well. So Liverpool just have to get the points. That's all we have to do and keep putting the pressure on because pressure is going to play a huge part in this. And... We probably still don't fully believe, I do, but we probably all still don't fully believe that the top four is on. But it's starting to go in their favour and the muscle memory of doing this before, I think, will stand to Liverpool very, very well. And as we said, performances now do not matter. Give me give me another three, Scottery one nils, and I'll be happy enough. Just give me them nine points yeah. and... That's all we can ask for. Three scoreless one nils and people's heads will be falling off game yeah. on game because like but the, that's so people's Liverpool, Liverpool, yeah, but Liverpool, apps. Liverpool don't go out and the only time I've ever seen Liverpool go out and win one nil and you kind of go, we're never conceding here. It was probably nineteen twenty. We got a goal ahead and you go, we're just winning this game. Every oh, other season, like and especially this run in, you know, one goal, you know, concede one goal, a, a draw feels like a defeat. We say that when we're in a title run. But a draw will feel like a defeat and just run in. Um, we've Leicester away, Villa at home, Southampton away. That's our last three games. The, the other two play before us um, next weekend, funny enough. So we'll have a better idea come that. But Emma, Keith said something there. I thought Brentford were okay. Um, I thought Tony was really good, by the way. Um, but it was a bit more controlled. And it did feel like, I think it's interesting what Keith says there, muscle memory. Because it, it felt like Liverpool went... It looked to me like Liverpool felt this was a big weekend if anything was to happen for them in the top four race because they knew Arsenal were going away to Newcastle. Arsenal have to win mm. to keep that title race alive. United are wobbling a bit. Um, I think they've taken four points from the last four games. So, you know, including today. So Liverpool probably went in there thinking, if this is a, if, there, if there's a weekend that's going to change it or get us, you know, on a real momentum, this would be it. And it felt that way in during the game, Emma. It was like, not keep what you have, but... 
just make sure we don't get ourselves into trouble here. Yeah, uh, I think if the results happen the other way around, if United and Newcastle lose on Saturday and we had to go and do something on a Sunday, I think that's where we can sometimes be uh, a little bit dodgy. It's the fact that we got to set the marker down first, so it'd be interesting to see now next week. But it looked we looked a little bit more reassured yesterday. We have looked a little bit all over the place, place a little bit panicky, but I just thought that we managed the game fairly well yesterday. Um, a lot of people with the, the goal that they scored, saying that Virgil getting caught out again. He did that all last season, and everybody thought he was excellent. It's just that we're having a shit season this season. They think he's getting caught out. But um, I think Brentford came. They played really well. They had a game plan, and that was to break the game up. I, there must have been a record for the amount of times the whistles was, was blown yesterday. Mm. Incorrectly and correctly. But they just came to kind of break up our rhythm. Klopp is big on rhythm. They just didn't allow us to get into one yesterday. And that's why maybe we're looking at the game and thinking, oh, we didn't we didn't play as well as we have done. But I think it was a case that we weren't allowed to play as well as we have done. Um, they're big, strong, Tony and uh, Buemo, whatever way you pronounce his name, they're just getting themselves about in, in people's faces. And, and I think that's what kind of broke our flow yesterday. It was a very stop-start game. Um, but no, I thought we, as much as we haven't played, and I think we haven't played, we didn't play yesterday as well as we have done in the other five games that we've gone on the run of. Um, I think it was more controlled maybe than some of those. So in terms of offensively or, or, or actually attacking wise, it wasn't as free flowing. But in terms of uh, 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 keeping them uh, to the nil, uh, I thought it was more reassured than other games. It's it's funny because um, and Tarek Tarek says here he says Thomas Frank in his post game said we were just not good enough up front. He didn't say we were the better side. No, I don't think Brentford were the better side yesterday by any means. But it was funny because Tony I thought was excellent. He, he holds the ball really well. He brings the players into play. He'll stretch it. He'll he, he's a really good, really really good forward. Right, fast he, as well. Yeah, yeah someone's gonna have to be looking at him in the summer, and I mean someone from probably a top six side. Definitely, yeah, if not top he's four. He's facing right? a whopper ban, isn't he? Yeah, I know. The, the, the ban will be to be a thing, but aside from that, I, I'd be surprised if most, if not all, of the teams in the top six would, would have a look at Tony. But kind of fed in. He, he is a Liverpool fan. But the thing was, him and, and Bueno for me were there to get fouls, get Brentford up the pitch, and then they can do what they do. If it's a long throw or it's a, it's a, it's diagonal free kicks, whatever it might be. I think that actually ended up suiting us. Because I think if Tony had to play to the way Tony can play, and Mbueno is fast, right? If they'd have actually played to their to, to their absolute strengths, I think they would have put us under more pressure. You know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, mm. maybe trying to... Not but bully. they would have been more dangerous. Yeah, they would have been more as dangerous. As an attack, as a goal threat. Correct. And that's what I think Thomas Frank might be looking yeah. at. Because as much as he likes his forwards to get that body in front... Uh, get fouls, you know, get them up the pitch. If they'd have actually just went away from that a little bit, it might have hurt Liverpool a little more. Although, it does hurt Liverpool that it's a stop-start game because Liverpool like to get into a flaw when you know where it goes and Trent's moving in and all this sort of stuff. And especially when he names those four forwards, you're thinking, if you're in a flow here and there's plenty of movement, Brentford could be in trouble. But I think it actually played into our hands a little bit. And that's what that's why I think it looked fairly assured. You know, there was no mad moments in a way going oh Jesus here we go again or and Bueno's murdering someone down this side or Tony's just bullying so 
It wasn't like that. They just seemed to trying to be a nuisance rather than trying to be a threat. And I think although that sometimes can hurt Liverpool, I think they dealt with it really, really well yesterday. Um, just on the referee, because look, we had a big thing about Paul Tierney last week, and I'm sure people are sick of listening to us talking about Tierney and whoever else. But you're nearly going to have to do this once a week where you have to ref watch, you know, the sort of way. But honestly, it, it was like it was like he was getting paid for every time he blew that fucking whistle yesterday. Yeah. Non fouls like Keith. Am I am I am I off my rocker thinking this because I just I was looking at it going, why is he blowing this whistle? Constantly. Yeah, to be honest with you, right, and it sounds like a tinfoil hat merchant there. I think there was something sinister going on yesterday with the referee. And I've and I don't think he's that bad. He's, he stitched us up a few times, but in general, I think he's he's a decent ref. But that's one of the worst refereeing performances I can remember, and that's saying a lot. That's saying something. Yeah. Every single contact was a foul against us and every foul on our team was not given so you had an instance where uh, i think salah got fucking dragged out of no free play on trent got lumped off the ball no free and then they got free everything was just nothing for liverpool and everything to them and but it was nothing that was too contentious if you know what i mean it was just free kicks 35 yards out which brentford play for by the way but you can't look at it and say well He's after he's after giving a penalty. I'd say he'd love to give a penalty if he could have. I'd say he was bleeding, gumming for a penalty yesterday. Mm. But there was no big major contentious one, so it'll go under the radar. And we won the game. But I genuinely think it's one of the worst referee performances I've ever seen in my life. And I genuinely believe there's something. I think I've said this before, and I'm gonna say it again, I don't care. Right? I think there's a, a huge, maybe unconscious bias against the city of Liverpool, the people of Liverpool, by its nature, Liverpool Football Club. Right, in the UK. I think, you know, people can argue that and say, no, there's not. I genuinely think there is. But what I found is with adding on to that, the fact that Klopp is in their faces all the time, that Robbo is, you know, accusing, uh, falsely accusing the linesman of attacking him, even though we all seen him fucking elbowing him in the face. I think Liverpool now have a target on their back. Um, and I think me being paranoid absolute paranoia i looked at that yesterday and i just could not see anything other than liverpool just being stitched up by a referee um john justin ulysses says it there Andy taylor blew for fell 19 times against the home team a record you know well actually actually says not many bad fell in the fucking in the game Ashley says Liverpool were charged in inverted commas with 19 fouls versus Brentford their most in the Premier League games since October 2015 versus Chelsea which was 21 and the most at Anfield in the, in the, in the league since Southampton in 2010 um, versus Sunderland also 19 right uh, Kevin Sullivan reckon he, he says I honestly felt he would level her up in some sort of way Anthony mm-hmm. Taylor Kieran B says it was a farce Chris Brack says who was at the game says he was inept. In the ground, he was giving nonsense decisions for both sides, even booking Kanati for a foul that Gakpo commits. Yeah. It was absolutely mental. And, like, after their, after their show last week, um, I, Shawnee's brother Paddy is a good friend of mine, right? Paddy's been on a couple of shows, and he used to be on loads of shows. Just life um, has taken him away from it. But he rang me on Monday or Tuesday last week. He said, I was just, I've just been listening to the show from Sunday, he said, and I've been saying it for fucking months. That they have something against us. And he's convinced of it. And he says, I'm in a WhatsApp group with all my brothers and there's loads of the Lawsons. And he was like, they all think I'm bleeding mad. He said, but like, it's they just have something against us, right? Now, Emma, 
you know, Keith says it there. Well, I feel like I'm wearing a tinfoil hat when I say this, but look, it's the most rational of Liverpool fan is actually turning around going, what is going on here? Because it's just, it, without it being like off the wall mental, what he does, he, to me, I felt, yes, he was like, I'll just give a free there and one here and if it progresses them up a pitch, you know what I mean? Just try to even get Brentford some sort of free kick somewhere where they might do something rather than just go, if it goes in the box, I'm going to blow for a penalty, you know, and make it that obvious. But are we tinfoil hat merchants? Because I think the evidence, evidence suggests otherwise. Um, no, I don't think so. <clears throat> look, you only have to look at Tierney alone. I know you discussed him last week, but you could put together like a three-minute clip of mistakes he's made or poor calls he's made about Liverpool. It doesn't help that most of these come from Manchester. That <laughs> the people that are giving it. it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So that's gonna heighten it. Um and yet when you speak to other fans they, they call us live Varpill like everything goes our way. Mm. Like um I think we've we've the fewest amount of penalties this this year. I think two is our three. I think we have um but I was the same as Kev. I thought like you said there was there was a rake load of free freeze for all from the one spot. And it actually even said in the commentary on the stream I was watching it on, um, this seems to be deja vu because they seem to be getting the, the, the same free kick in the same spot all day long. Um, now, I've thought it for a long time as well. Um, and not necessarily mad contentious ones, but it's if it's... You see fouls being given against us and then there's the exact same thing happening the opposite way around and being waved on or not even waved on not even being acknowledged as possibly a foul um but um yeah i i i've said for a long time if we can have foreign players why can't we have foreign refs just well you sat- have michael oliver going over refing in saudi arabia yeah i get that but you see the australian lad is is, is an outlier because the pgmol is independent of anyone you know, they're just, they're contracted to the Premier League. Now, unless somebody else comes up and says, we're the, you know, we're a refereeing body and we bring in... Live referees. You know, live live referees, <laughs> yeah. You know, and bring them in and, and the Premier League go, okay, you can do it. You know what I mean? It's never going to happen. We you know what I mean? The PG, and the thing is, the PG... That. Live on VAR, live VAR pill. No, no, we couldn't yeah, have no, that. Yeah, no, no. Fucking shut up, Emmy. Uh, <laughs> but, um, no, like, it, it's just not going to happen. It's just... I don't know, like, Jake says, how many times does Salah get fouled and nothing is given? Like, that one that one probably, like, I remember Salah getting fouled by Bernardo Silva, do you remember? When he was running yeah. down the, the, the main stand, the side, and Bernardo Silva literally grabs him around the throat and jockey backs him by the side. He looked like a fella falling off a horse. That's what he looked like. And no free, right? And then Salah against them, um, Sports, where he's running and it's uh, Davis, Davis, and he's pulling his short, pulling his short, pulling... And Salah's like, would you go away from me? And Davis hits the deck. The linesman doesn't do anything about it. Yeah. And Paul Taney, Paul Taney from 50 yards away goes, oh, that's a free deal away. You know, and it's them sort of things. It's them. Instead of just saying, no, nothing in that, and the ball ran out. That's grand. Let the ball run out and give it a throw, right? It mightn't be for us, but fine. At least you haven't made the decision. It's, and look, I'm sure if non-Liverpool fans watching this, and there's Arsenal fans that'd be in this chat, um, and maybe, uh, maybe, maybe he can give us, uh, he can give us his input on what he thinks. Just to throw it in, Gav, I think you're right. Like they're shy across the board. I've seen it in the United and West Ham game tonight. You know what I mean? Uh, the most blatant handball you'll ever see. 
Peter Walton and all saying it should have been a penalty and it just gets waved away. Do you know what I mean? They're all bad. They're all poor, but I do genuinely think there's something a bit more than that when it comes to Liverpool because yeah, looking at it, someone said in the chat there, Alisson got booked for time wasting yesterday. Mm. How many times have we played teams when they've time wasted for 90 minutes and the keeper will get booked in the 92nd minute? Alisson doesn't even get a warning. Straight away, boom, people are saying Canate got booked for kicking the ball away after the Gakbo fell. Many times he was kicking the ball away. He got it wrong, hundred percent. He did. It, it was yeah. in the same motion. He got it and he lumped. So what? He was clearing the ball. Happens all the time. So mm. there's something definitely that, like, that's like, treated differently. To be honest with you, Allison gets booked for for time wasting, right? And I can kind of see it going, yeah, right. But the thing is, you never see a fucking goalkeeper booked on seventy. Was a seventy odd minutes, seventy late seventies, whatever, um, getting booked, right? You never. See that? Like you just, when have you ever seen a a, a, a goalkeeper around the seventieth minute get done for time wasting? Like the we, only time like, would be Emmy Martinez for Villa, but he'd have spent fucking ten minutes wasting time up till that point. Like, but this is what I'm saying. Like I've gone, it. I've gone to Anfield so many times over the years, right? When Liverpool have been good, bad, and different, and to be ref or opposing goalkeepers, and they take a fucking age to do anything. Yeah, right, an age, and like someone said in the chat earlier. You don't see it until the 85th minute. So I don't think Alisson's booking is wrong, but the context of when it's done in the match, do you know what I mean? Like, if Alisson does that in the 10th minute, is he going to be done for time-wasting? If he does that in nil-all, is it going to be done for time-wasting? Because time-wasting is time-wasting, whether you're one nil up or three nil down. If you're wasting time, right, it doesn't matter the context of the game. That You're wasting it. And he bo- like, even things like that annoy me. Where I'm going, there's no... Like, I can't remember the last goalkeeper at Anfield booked before the 80th minute for time-wasting. And I've watched Jordan Pickford at Anfield, right? You know what I mean? I've watched these goalkeepers at Anfield. Um, there used to be one that was terrible for it. Um, and I'll think of the name in a minute. Like, they were just woeful from the fourth minute of games. Do you know what I mean? But, look, we're probably going to end up talking about referees most weeks. And there's only a couple of weeks left in the season, so just bear with us. And then we'll start again in August. But let's get on. The game overall, we win it. We get the points. And the bigger talking points are probably what happened today with regards to, to Liverpool and where we stand. But we have to touch on... I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The whole thing before the game. All right. In the run-up to this game, Premier League asked for, I think it was the Premier League. I don't think it was the FA. I think it was the Premier League. Premier League. Yeah, asked for the British national anthem to be played, right? Um, before every game, because of the coronation of your man, Charles, right? Um, as soon as that happened, people were like, oh, what'll happen with Liverpool? Straight away, right? And that, for me, is enough justification for Liverpool to do what they done yesterday. Because people know where Liverpool stand on this. They know how they feel about the hierarchy. Um, you know, in 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 that country, and it's and it's there's multiple facets to it. I've seen people come out like Piers Morgan and all. He's a fucking dickhead, like you know, going oh they're pathetic and they're this and that, right? But Liverpool, as a club, 
came out and said, we're going to play this, and basically said, we're going to play this because we were asked, but we don't know what reaction's going to happen. We were told. Right. And basically, we, we know what reaction's going to happen, but you have asked us to play it, so there we go. Now, I did see people saying it's a disgrace we're playing it at all, stuff like that, but the thing is, if you don't play it at all, you're going to get backlash. If you do play it, you know what the reaction is. You're going to get the same. Liverpool were never going to win in this. Never going to win in this. <laughs> Keith. No, sorry, Emma. I'll come to you first. Anfield, for the game, it's played the two teams on the halfway line. And Anfield lets his voice be known. One, you fully expected it. Two, what have you made of the backlash is it just the normal bullshit that happens all the time normal bullshit i i don't listen to it because it happens every time we go to wembley it's been happening since the 70s 80s it's not they've not just decided to start building recently this is going this is going on years and we all know why without going into the uh kind of economic decline and all this kind of stuff um i would fully fully back them i mean they're uh completely within their rights and if anything there should be more places around the northwest possibly of england that should be more supporting and i have to say it's not all fans i've seen plenty of comments online facebook twitter instagram where there's actually manchester united fans believe it or not congratulating liverpool for what they're doing it's like we're the only fan base or they i won't say we kind of irish whatever but look they've been, they obviously the, the brits have impacted on us as well but um um <laughs> I think it's completely justified, completely and utterly justified. Um, if if a government or links to government, like planned on like literally starving your city and starving everybody out of your city, why would you all of a sudden sing along to some uh, national anthem that supports that in in some way, shape, or form? The the thing that I didn't like was when they zoomed in on Trent and they zoomed in on Henderson. But this is but this is what's always going to happen, Emma. Like, and and people are like, "Oh, Trent clearly doesn't want to play for England anymore." I've never seen Trent sing the English, the British national anthem. No, for, he lashed um, him over before for not seeing it when he was. What, what they're doing there is what they're doing there is is that they're trying to create like a James McLean moment. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. torn everybody against Trent. Yeah, right. You you watch the Irish national anthem. Some players don't know. Some players don't even know the words to it. Right, yeah. do you know what I mean? So. Um, whether he sings it or not completely, it's always going to be a personal preference. Henderson sung it. I've not seen anybody, Liverpool fans or others, or you've seen others kind of congratulating for doing it, but I've not seen any uh, Liverpool fans kind of backlash against them. But I, I guarantee you that's what uh, Sky wanted. They wanted to put the two of them on camera to see. Then they even highlighted the fact that Robertson had his head bowed. Like they're trying to create shy. Like, do you know what I mean? Just... What they should have done is the camera should have been in the stand on the center circle and it shouldn't have fucking moved. That's what it should have done. Instead of zooming in on these lads' faces. Because mm. it's completely correct. But the thing is, right? Like Passio says there, he Passio's not impressed with the fact that the club let this go ahead. And you're absolutely right, you're right. Um, you know, like uh, he says there, the, the club decided to play the anthem. There was no order to play. They shouldn't know what would happen. There was no order. I, I agree with you. There was no order to play it. But you know what's going to happen if they don't. Right? And the thing is, right, and this is just my feeling on it, if Liverpool Football Club don't play their anthem yesterday, and I would have been all for them not playing it, by the way. Absolutely. You know, if you want to say fuck you to the establishment, they're not playing it. 
right we're playing air anthem before and if you don't like it fuck off I, I'm, I'm completely with that but I always try to see both sides and my thing on this is is that if they didn't play the anthem right it would have been just a free for all on Liverpool Football Club right the fan base gets it anyway but the the, the the football club the ma- everything about Liverpool Football Club would have been they're this that they won't even play the anthem I think the club, I'm not too sure, you're saying there wasn't an order, and I don't think there was, but I think the club were probably put in a position where you kind of have to fucking play it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't an order, but it was a... It wasn't an order, but it was a, you, a, you know, it, it was probably it's more in a certain way, right? It'll be, it'll be you're the only club that won't, basically. Yeah, and, and, and Red Steve says there, the club said we have to play it, feel free to do it, and that's what came across to me, because Klopp was like, <laughs> you know, um, well, we're going to do it, and, and the club even came out and worded the statement really yeah. cleverly, like, oh, we're going to play. We don't know what the reaction's going to be, but we do. Yeah, right? What you want. <laughs> and if we didn't, if we didn't play that anthem yesterday, right? It would have been just. We, without having, I'm not saying without having a voice. It's very hard to word this, but you know what I mean. Like we wouldn't have had any. Our reaction wouldn't have been shown. Do you know what I mean? Whereas it was played yesterday, the crowd over. Like I don't know what Brentford fans done. I think they were kind of singing along or whatever, but. Liverpool fans let it know where their position is, and that's allowed. And I think that's a stronger showing from Liverpool fans and the club with regards to the statement that was put out to say we're playing it. We're not too sure what the reaction be when they really do, and then when we play it, this will come out. And people like I've seen people going, "Oh, Liverpool fans, it's pathetic." No, it's not pathetic. This is this is Liverpool. On so many levels, having a problem with the with the people in power in Britain, right? And the royal family and the whole, right? The hierarchy in in England, yes, in England and Great Britain. It goes back so long. It goes away from football, right? The Hillsborough thing is a huge thing with regards to. It went right to the top, where this fucking this was covered up, right to the top, right? And not only that, you have the other political side of it then, where manage the clients of the city and, and all this sort of stuff and that goes right to the top and Liverpool don't like it the, 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 and this and I'm I look I think Everton will play um well Everton were away are away at uh, Brighton and I don't know what way Everton but I, I can tell you now if if that was played at Goodison Park I would expect a very similar reaction because this this isn't Liverpool Football Club and Liverpool fans only this is a city in Liverpool and the funny thing is right and Paul Garney says it's freedom of speech it absolutely is and the freedom to have that speech Paul I think is why the club went yeah we'll play it but just get ready because you know what's coming and we, we have to expect the backlash because that's just the way the war works but fuck them fuck them on that backlash that's the way I think about it if you want to have a moan about it go ahead Liverpool fans, the city of Liverpool, don't really give a fuck because we know that a lot of people in Great Britain don't give a fuck about Liverpool. So what's the problem? Do you know what I mean? And it's it, it's so much more than Liverpool fans. And that's the biggest thing for me. And Liverpool had the right to do what they wanted there yesterday, fans. And they done it. But And the people that are telling you they're pathetic and they're this, that, you know, it'll be the same people on Monday and Tuesday giving out about... The, the people in power in Great Britain and people can't... Like, Liverpool fans going about food banks crisis. and stuff like that, right? <clears throat> and never stop about it. They're probably one of the biggest in the country about it because of the way that country's being managed. 
But the people telling Liverpool fans are pathetic yesterday afternoon or yesterday evening are the same people on Tuesday and Wednesday when they've no fucking football to watch that'll be going on about, you know, the price of this, the price of that, Brexit, the, the, the health system, anything they can think of, they'll be giving out constantly about it, right, until Liverpool fans pipe up and go, well, we, we'll, we'll give our voice, we're giving our voice to everything that's wrong in this country, but you just give out about it when it suits you. We'll take the hard road here. And Liverpool have taken the hard road for so, 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 so long. So, I wrote, listen, you might have something against it, what happened at Anfield yesterday. I had no problem with it. Keith, I don't think you had a problem with it. And if it happened again yeah, next year... Well, oh yeah, you I can have your say. say. Yeah, go on. I want me say because it sounded like you were moving on to something else. Oh, there. I wouldn't dare. No, no. Very quickly, right? I want to because it's just repeating everything you've said, and I think you put it very well there, Gav. To be honest, well done. Emmett hit the nail on the head with something there as well. Shame on all the bootlickers in the northwest that decided to embrace this because it's not just Liverpool. Liverpool are the ones to speak up against it. It's happened to a lot of cities in the UK, and shame on them first off i think the club handled it brilliantly to be totally honest with you they were put in a position that they had to do the anthem people can say they weren't forced to do it they were forced to do it let's be clear they were and they more they could have done a statement that said we're playing the anthem and we want all fans to respect it and i think that would have been like whoa hold on a minute no, they didn't that they came out and they yeah. said look we're playing this you do what you want that's up to you but we're playing it and i want you to do it I think the way the fans reacted was brilliant. I agree with the putting the cameras into the faces of players was a fucking disgrace. But this is being built up for days. When we knew this was happening, everybody knew what was going to happen here. It was going to be focus all on Liverpool. Everybody's going to pile in. And you can see it. Hillsborough's trending. Um, everything else is, you know, all the bad stuff that's coming out is trending all over the place. And it's just an absolute disgrace. But Liverpool, the city, great people, they stick up for themselves. They're not afraid to stick up for themselves because nobody else will. People will give out about Liverpool booming an anthem and next week we'll be singing Feed the Scousers, Bin Dippers, um, you know, slagging poverty, slagging, mocking debts at Hillsborough, mocking Hoysel. They will do everything to chip away at Liverpool but expect Liverpool to tow the party line for a poxy national anthem. No, Liverpool done brilliant yesterday and fair play to them. Do it again. People may not like that but that's my take. But the, 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 funny thing, thing, the thing that you're saying is is that they don't mind taking the welfare, right? So unemployment is higher in Manchester and there are poorer parts of England than Liverpool. Yeah. And the biggest welfare collectors in the UK are actually the royal family. Yeah. So they're paid for by the taxpayer. So there you go. But the thing the is, it, but the thing is, like, they've no, they don't realise their surroundings at all, or they don't really give a fuck, right? Because in a time of, of like, you know, austerity, really, you know, and without getting too far away from football, but in a time of austerity where people can't afford to pay rents, mortgages, uh, food, you know, um, you know, you see people and they're, out, and they're walking, and, but they're like, by the time I get to walking back and have a lunch, I have no fucking money left, you know, and, and they're going around gold and carriages and they're fucking paying millions to fucking carry a brick around the place and all mad stuff, like, you, you They've, they just, like, nobody at all says, right, we know you're billionaires, right, because of you're the head of the of Great Britain. But show some sort of fucking class about this. You know, I know you're, and listen, it's got thousands of years, wherever the fucking is, has been kings and queens of, of Great Britain and all that. I get that, right? That's their thing, right? But 
I think it's a real kick in the teeth for everyone in the country when and, I, and I'm saying this where as say for Ireland's sake Ireland are in a very similar position to Great Britain at the moment they're so closely tied it's ridiculous if if they announce a new president in Ireland tomorrow and he was walk, going around in a fucking you know golden chariot people would be going what the fuck are you this fella doing we can't fucking feed our kids and it would be there'd be murder over but it's it's like the easier thing to do is have a go of people that just say no to this shit. And Liverpool fans seem to be the biggest voice. And, you know, it's a certain, I think it's a certain type of person that has an issue with it, right? And I, I think when you look across media and stuff like that and people going, this is this and this is that and this is pathetic and stuff like that, look who they are. Do you know what I mean? And then there's other people that are just blindly, like, you know, oh, real Britannia and that's that's fucking fine as well, if that's your, that's your thinking. But freedom of speech should always be there. And that's all Liverpool fans are doing. Exercising yeah. their freedom of speech, and when In you go to a, when you go to a football stadium, you are allowed exercise freedom of speech, right? Unless it's racist, homophobic, whatever it might be. Liverpool fans didn't do anything. You see, you just build something because what it stood for. Do you know what I mean? And it's as simple as that. So look, I think um, I'm not, I, like I, I, I don't know. I won't speak for the other lads here or anybody else in the podcast. But speaking for myself yesterday, I. Yeah, I applauded what, Anf- what happened at Anfield yesterday. And if they'd done it next week, I'd applaud it again. You know, because at the end of the day, they have every right to do it and they've very good reasoning to do it. And the fu- and my big thing is that there's so many more people in that country that have the same reasons to do it as Liverpool fans and don't. And Liverpool fans seems to be the ones that's that's the issue. But look, we could go, we could go it's on. Like, it's even some of the most patriotic and people in the UK, they don't come from the likes of your Chelsea's or your Bath's or like Jeremy, I'm so sure they're patriotic, but your stereotypical real patriotic person comes, generally comes from a poor background uh, in the UK when you see them, the most staunch with their, you go on holidays, you see them with their Union Jack shorts or their tattoos, all that. like their, their communities are affected by this as well, but mm. yet they're giving it large about Liverpool. Yeah, they, I, they, they can't see the woods for the trees. Like, do you know what I mean? They seriously need to. I, I would say the majority of people that are complaining and saying it's a disgrace don't understand why Liverpool do it. LSC Monty says, Gav, stop speaking for yourself. So disingenuous. Um, well, I can only speak for myself, really. Um, I can't speak for everybody else. Um, yeah, but yeah, it goes well, what thinking. And anyway, do you yeah. know what I done, right? I was remember them gammons that when the players used to take the knee and these cabbages used to put their videos on Twitter of them booing, standing beside the telly booing. Do you remember that? Yeah, All they these were great. wallies. I was doing that yesterday when the thing, I joined in the bill, I was getting down beside the telly just so I could feel part of it all. And I was boo, boo, waving me little tricolour. I was all over it, thought it was great. Fair play to them, they done the right thing. Move on. Um, Moving on. Um, I wasn't saying you move on, I mean society. Move yeah, on. well, we move on anyway. Um, Liverpool got the three points. And then today is games and in our telegram group there was someone asked might have been yesterday the day before what's the odds on a on an Arsenal West Ham double and I remember looking at it going I'm not replying to that because I've I've these real things where if I say oh I think it'll happen it won't you jinx it you know what I mean like I hate during games where people say things like oh you know um we have I think we'll win this and then you can see and you're like you fucking jinxed it or, or, or the worst one is that when you're actually when 
the thing is, like, you know, when you're watching other teams that not Liverpool, and you're hoping for a result, and you're like, it's it's always United, isn't it? And you're like, oh, you know, you know, you're all over the place here, and then bang, United score, and you're like, oh, you fucking jinxed it, and I hate that. So I didn't. But Keith, what were the odds for you of an Arsenal West Ham double? Because I, I think it was. A, a really tough game for Arsenal today, and I just didn't know what West Ham had torn up. Um, and you don't really know what United team had torn up. But were you confident going in today that them results would happen? Yeah, yeah I, I, to be honest with you, like this was a weekend that I had penciled in where I could see a little bit of carnage happening. Just because West Ham away at seven o'clock, do you know what I mean? In the evening, after we had a tough game there a couple of weeks ago, do you know what I mean? Like they're, when they're on form, they're not a bad side. Now they don't have a great record against them, but. It was one that I thought was a banana skin for Manchester. You know, listen, I think you know they're getting away with Mora. Um, I think they're garbage. I, I think they're fucking brutal. Uh, they're having the best season ever, but I genuinely think they're absolutely out of puff. I think Casemiro was one of these players that, remember a few years ago, you'd have them and they're the best signing of all time. And about six weeks later, they're going to show you. I think yeah. he's absolutely run. He looks ghost him. And he's had 20% of the season, season off through fucking suspension. Yeah. You know what like I mean? It's, <laughs> I think he's really, really struggling at the moment. Now, I know 8 to did. 1. 8 to 1, the double was. Uh, 8 Steve, to 1. So. 8.8. 8. I looked it up on that person in the Telegram asked. 8.8 8 to 1. Hmm. 8.8 8 to 1. Like, I, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, right, United away, definitely a, a goer. And Newcastle, look, I think Newcastle are going to fall apart. That's my prediction. I think Newcastle, I think. The big Sam bounce happens now on Saturday or whenever. They I play. think that I, I really eyed up that Leeds versus Newcastle one, yeah. Yeah, that's I think that genuinely I look at that now and I'm like, yeah, that's it, that's a banana skin right there. And if that happens, the thing about Newcastle, right? I spoke about muscle memory earlier about Liverpool just need to be in there and get through these games. Boom, 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 boom. Newcastle don't have that muscle memory, and while they're a rich club, they've not got a team of winners. Do you know what I mean? Their coach is very inexperienced. He isn't a winner. Their players, in general, they've bought the like from the likes of uh, Burnley and Brighton, Aston Villa. You know, they've not Everton. bought... Everton. Everton, <laughs> yeah, there you go, Everton. <laughs> Even the likes of Bruno Guimaraes as well. Well, he's a good player. He's a fantastic player. I don't look at him and think he has the the minerals to drag them in. And I think Newcastle now, and I'm not looking at them losing too. I think Leeds beat them. I think you're going to see a few draws from them. I think they're, the arse is going to fall out. They play Brighton as well. Don't they play Brighton the week after? Yeah. I think they play Leeds and then Brighton. Yeah, and Brighton are still in, Brighton are in a better position yeah. for top four than we are. Well, but I think that's going to be a draw. And I think that takes Brighton now. I think this could all play into it. Brighton, they play Man... Oh, they don't play United. Brighton have Arsenal and City as well, I think. They have Arsenal and City, yeah. I think I think Brighton will just miss out. But I think they'll take something off Newcastle as well. I think Newcastle could be the ones that, that fall away. Manchester United have handy fixtures. And they've three homes, I think, don't they? So that probably will be enough to do them. But then Chelsea... You, you wouldn't expect them to do one, but you know you're a garbage. They're fucking brutal. 45 late goals they've scored this season. Who? You know Manchester it? United. And they've conceded 40 as well, haven't they? Yeah, they've, they've, they've enough. I think someone said they have 45 goals, um, which is which is mad. Arsenal fan circle challenges um, any any flowers or any um, 
talking Arteta. I've said it. He's done a great job this season. I still think he's a bit weird. Um, but oh, I think he's, he's done a real good. I think I think the only thing that's let Arteta down is I don't think he trusted the squad enough. I I think there was games there where he lesser games where he could have trusted the squad a bit more and had his better players at optimum for bigger games. If you get me, I think he, he stuck to 12, 13 players an awful lot when when he you know when he was going at it. And that's my only kind of thing on, on them. Um, I still hope they win it. I still hope something miraculous happens and they win it. But um, no, they've had a really, really good season. But um, they'll have a tougher next season. There's no doubt about it. They'll have a tougher next season. Uh, Brian says United's waveform is truly appalling. If only we weren't Gosh. in a coma for most of the season. Casemiro's 31. He's played over 500 club games. United are such dopes, he says, Brian. Um you know, you just look at the team to me like well, if you get if you get beyond 55, 60 minutes against against them, um, they're in trouble. It feels like their legs go a little bit, and they run out of ideas. They panic a little bit. Um, Sass Coppola says injuries Rashford injuries six, have killed them as well. Yeah, yeah, Rashford sixteen league goals. Next highest is Bruno with six for United. So, um, but Emma Newcastle United, um, both Lewis today. What are you making of both of those? Because look, we, we're saying all this in the pretense that Liverpool need to win the last three games. We need to go to Leicester, we need to be Villa, and we need to go to Southampton and win yeah. them all. So yeah. when you look at what they have left, both teams have left one more game than us, I think. If we win the three, do you feel that there's enough there for us to get into top four based on what these two are at at the moment? I think I think if we go and win all three, we make top four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Definitely, because there's, there's points to be dropped there. Like you said, Leeds, like that's uh, Allardyce, obviously welcoming his old club to uh, Ellen Road. Ellen Road on a Saturday morning at half 12, it's going to be absolutely hot. Uh, they have Brighton then after that, and even Leicester could be still scrapping for their lives when they come to play them, second last game of the season. Chelsea got a win under their belt at the at the weekend, and they still have to play both of them. So, like I know... Well, I we wouldn't want to be relying on Chelsea. Oh, yeah. But I mean, well, Chelsea, Chelsea, no, are Chelsea home? Sides. Are Chelsea home to Newcastle? Chelsea, Chelsea are away to home to Newcastle, yeah. And away to United. Yeah. yeah. Home to Newcastle last day of the season. So, dream dream thing is that we we finish up on the same points as United, but we go through on goal difference. Mm. And that 7-0 comes back to haunt them a little bit again. So, you think you think there is enough there? I think I think if we win our three, they're they're, they're going to drop points. United have to have one eye on the FA Cup, which they also won't win. They've lost Martinez at the back. Who else have they lost? Varane. Um, they've lost others as well. I can't remember now off the top of my head. Um, they, I just don't think I don't think they have enough in terms of the bodies. Like when you're bringing on Martial trying to impact the game. Yeah, I, I I think the, I think, think the biggest trouble they have got injuries. I think the biggest thing is that. They're playing Luke Shaw centre-half, and I think he's done a decent job at centre-half. But I think he knows if he loses Luke Shaw or has to go somewhere, he, you're in Harry Maguire territory. Well. You know, I think then, he should have been sent off against Brighton for the yeah, handball. Yeah. yeah, and then... And second yellow. Yeah, you know, and it just... That's what that's what it feels like. You know, you know, you feel like they're running out of legs a little bit. Like somebody said there earlier, they've been playing three games a week since Christmas, um, and it's finally catching up with them. Um, sorry, Gary That Marcus. excuse was wheeled out. Well, on the match well, play, all see, Manchester United have played the most in the top five leagues. My Liverpool were doing that. It was wasn't given as an yeah. excuse. Yeah, know? I know, but but the thing is, like, 
he does say the effect of playing three games a week basically since Christmas has finally caught up with him. And I do feel that. I feel when I watch United. Like, I think when I got to 70 minutes today, I went, West Ham will win this. Because United just looked like they dwindled after, for me, 60. But when it gets to 70 and then the panic sets in, I think they actually lose what they're trying to do. With, with regards to Newcastle, I think they have a little bit more of a favourable run in. Um, you know, I think the games against the teams we're talking about, they, they have to play Brighton, don't they? And they have to play Chelsea. I think they might fall at the right times. You know, if Brighton, if Brighton were to draw a game or whatever, it might rule them out and Brighton might drop off a little bit. But <coughs> I, th- I think it's hard to look beyond Liverpool winning if they win the three games, not making them into this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not make because they both play at the weekend. I think United are home to Wolves, I think, at the weekend. Newcastle play away at Leeds. And then, then if one of them drops points there, Right, Liverpool play a lesser on a Monday, so Liverpool will be going into that Monday going. If we win this, potentially could go into the top four. Do you know what I mean? Um, then you're in there, and I know they might have a game in hand and stuff like that. Um, Jake reckons Wolves can go to Old Trafford and get a result. Anyone can go to Old Trafford and get a result. There's no doubt about that. But Liverpool have to look after themselves, and yeah. I would have rather played first. I'd have rather us playing Saturday morning at half twelve against Leicester. You know what I mean? And I would. I would because I, don't know, I think Leeds on a Saturday morning for Newcastle could be a big one. I know, but I I, I think I'm in terms more, of uh, I'm sorry, kind of psyche. Yeah, I'm more I'm more confident over Liverpool side going in and going, let's put the let's put air fucking dart in for We're shy at half twelve, by the way. I we know are we are but, but I, I don't think we're great at, at Well then Friday night Keith. Gav would have preferred if we played Friday night. Friday night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um but but I I just think if either of them drop points on, I think I, I'm not saying I'm not confident of going Leicester and winning because I don't think Leicester are any good. But I just like I'm just like ugh, you know what I mean. It's a bit fucking weird. But having said that, if Leicester go and win at Fulham on Monday, like if you look at this scenario, right? Leicester win at Fulham, Brighton be Everton, okay, and the tour game that day is Forest be Southampton. Yeah. Everton will be four points away from safety with three games yeah. left. Our next game is Man City, right? Yeah. So that would then mean that, you know, Leicester could be looking going, you know what, we get beaten by Liverpool. It's up to Everton now to go and take six from the last nine in order to stay up above us. We only need probably one win somewhere. Brighton, they win, but they might get a draw somewhere. You know, I, I just think tomorrow is massive in the Premier League. It's fucking yeah, massive it really because it, it's going to set up teams where they're on the brink of like put it to you this way, right? If Leicester were to win and Brighton were to win and Forest were to win, okay, that Leeds versus Newcastle game is monstrous yeah, for Leeds. Exactly. Monstrous adds to the team, right? Exactly. Because they, they'd be looking going, hold on, they've all fucking won. They're all four clear of everything. We're one clear of everything. We have to win, and then that becomes it's just so many things. So many things um, in around that. But I think we'd have to win our three games. Let us know in the chat if you think we can make top four. And I'll ask the question. Presuming we win our three games, do you think Liverpool can make top four? By that I mean, will Newcastle or United drop enough for us to get in there? So Liverpool win their three, do you feel that we could make the top four? So just a yes or no one will kind of take account on it as we go. Uh, Eunice, that's my feeling, Gav. Need Leicester to win so they don't go try hard against us you see I think Leicester might pick their moments then Leicester might go four points clear of them they've only fucking four games left the next one is City you know uh, 
they might pick they up pick and choose up battles a bit. Like. Yeah, they might pick and choose up battles a little bit. Lads leaves are taking points off. Dermot reckons leaves are taking points off um Newcastle. Laszlo says too many variables. There's so many variables. I and I actually love it. I actually love it. Like it's I think if you see those three wins tomorrow, Leicester, Brighton, Nottingham Forest, Everton are gone. Yeah. They're four points off. They have a game in hand. That game in hand was Man City. And, you know, they'd have been beaten by Brighton. They'd have Man City, Wolves. And people people think, are oh, Everton going to beat Wolves? I don't think so. Wolves went to beat a really good Villa side yesterday. Wolves are just about found their feet now. Do you know what I mean? So it's um, there is lo- loads of variables. The, the, the top worry four, is yes. the teams that are playing with their flip-flops on. Like, so Wolves don't really have much. But there's not many. Because of how yeah. tight it is down there and how tight it is in the top six. There's probably only three or four teams now. Chelsea, Palace. And Wolves. Right? Wolves, maybe. Fulham, but, Fulham you know what I mean? There's loads of variables there. We will be going through it on a week-by-week basis. Obviously, we won't, we'll won't. be here next Sunday looking at results that have gone on, looking in, looking forward to Leicester. But um, finish, to finish us off, um, transfer stuff. Because it's a different name, every, not not every day, but you know, uh, the bit my, my favorite one of the week was um, some some lad that used to be with Wolfsburg is going to be the the new um, director of football, and people are like, oh, oh I fucking know they do this, um, you know, all oh, these are bleeding this and he's that, he's a yes man to clap, and I'm like, who is this fella? Do you know what I mean? Like people going on as if they knew everything about him. Um, can't even remember his name now. Um, he was oh, with. Shmada. Yeah, he was, he was, he was, he was previously with Wolfsburg. He's been linked now to Liverpool as a director of football. Um, I'll ask his boat. He's not on about him, Keith. All I know is people don't want him because he sold Victor Osman for three million. Like, oh, okay, right, okay. fair enough. Uh, Emma, no one about I think, him. I think he's. I, I think he only served the ban not so long ago for uh, criticizing a referee, so he'll fit in well with Klopp. So. Yeah. Um, nice. No, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't a clue about. Can we be honest and just say, like, never even know. heard his name before. Nobody knows yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't. In fairness, disappointingly, I haven't seen anyone on social media come out with an absolute breakdown of this man um, <laughs> and who he is and um, like what he's done and what he can bring. You know the way you usually see it. Name comes up in next of all twenty four hours. There, someone knows everything about him. The whole inside track. Haven't heard it. So watch that space on that. Um, Alexis McAllister. Um, at Brighton, we we've seen we've seen loads of stuff going on about that, but I did see a Brighton journalist today, kind of rubbish it, and say people now he he he, he clarified about and I should have really taken his name, but he he clarified about saying I'm not saying Alex McAllister won't leave Brighton, um, but talk of advanced talks with Liverpool and a, a fee agreed and um blah 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 he says is way off the mark. There hasn't been any contact between Liverpool and Brighton. And they don't expect there to be. And what he means by that is Liverpool haven't rang and said, listen, we'll be down during the week to talk about it. Emma, is it just another name? Do you think there's anything to it? I think he does leave Brighton in the summer. And uh, I think he does. I think some of the, the fees being muted um, are like, ridiculous like 80 million plus add-ons but then the next tweet you see is 60 million plus add-ons mm. um i think that the story is that there's an agreement with his camp with his people let's say but 
there's nothing uh, there's been no contact with with Brighton um yeah look I think 80 million is an awful lot well, I, the I talk was player, 80 but... plus million including the add-ons so that could be okay. 60 60 plus add-ons yeah. which could go to 80 because yeah. we've seen it with um we've seen it with Darwin Nunes 64 rising to 80 yeah you know sort of way. I, I think that's the ballpark is in around about the 60 65 I think for him we don't know anything about his contract it's only until summer 2025 Brighton have an option to extend for one year after that Um, we don't know whether there's a release clause in there or um, but I just think and it, like if if it's gonna start look we all know if it's gonna turn into silly money they'll probably walk away but I think they'll probably have their homework done you'd like to think that some of the rumors are true mm. Loads of different stuff. Garmack wants Alexis McAllister, Gravenberg, and Trent in the middle of midfield next season. Um, Wizard feels at the top four races holding up everybody. That's a good point. Um, yeah, you know, and and it's I mean, Brighton like, still have an awful lot to play for. Loads you know, to play for. Get and into Europe, you know what I mean? Yeah, and and as as good as Brighton have been this season, like getting into Europe is monstrous for that club. Like as a club and their history, it's monstrous for them. So you know, it's a bit like the Bellingham stuff. People going, oh, it's all agreed. Uh, yeah, um, he probably knows where he's going, but nothing will be absolutely finalised till we know what's going on. That like he's not going to go. I listen. There's a team that could sign Ivan Tony, and they could do with him Brighton. Yeah, yeah, someone like that. Yeah, into Europe and stuff. Well, they're bringing but, in Joe Pedro from Watford for twelve. <coughs> but the oh, thing yeah. is, like, the the, the Bellingham's not going to walk away from a Bundesliga title race. Go, listen, can we just announce what I'm doing next season? What is going on? Doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know. And I know I say this around rows of contracts. Like, I've seen so many numbers bandied about. I really like him as a player. There's no doubt about that. Really, really like him as a player. I was saying, only saying to Kev O'Sullivan the other night, and I thought Kev was going to rip me head off when I said it, but he didn't. Um, I said, Kev, there's, a, there's, actually, there's actually a bang of Wijnaldum off him. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, well, he kind of started more forward, didn't he, as a player? He kind of moved back a bit, progresses with the ball brilliantly. Um, gets involved to get the ball back brilliantly, presses, very rarely loses it, good in tight spaces. You know, not aesthetically sim you know, the same as Wijnaldum, but that sort of engine on him and that sort of work rate on him and awareness around the pitch. Um I really like him. I'd still be a bit eighty million, including add ons is a bit you could go you could go thirty or forty more here and do Bellingham. Um yeah. that's always my my feeling on everything yeah, now. This, you know, the, sort of the wages will not be the same. The wages no. are what's killing that. No. The wages are what's killing that deal. Yeah. Let's, um, you know, if Liverpool, I think, I think we said it before, we knew the price was going to be the price. The wages must be the stumbler on that. Mm. I think the talk of Milner going the opposite direction could kind of be a segue into talks about that. And then yeah. he holds, uh, McAllister holds Lalana in very high regard as well. Mm. I saw a, a thing he did where they just named players and he said, like, whatever player said, magician, uh, goal scorer. And then when he said Lalana, he says, uh, I could say so much, um, but he just said top player. Hmm. But um, I'd say Lalana's probably an easier as well to, to go there. Yeah. Um, Darren Dunbar will go and get Tyler Adams for 30 million when Leeds get relegated. Great option to cover for Bino. Um, like, people are going on about always oh, Milner. Like, um, Madge Apple says, any chance Milner is a sweetener. Well, the thing is, like, I know Miller's out of contract, but it's, it's still the same process as a player you're selling anyway, because he's free to talk to clubs abroad 
on a free contract. But he's, you know, realistically in the Premier League, you're not until your contract's up. Um, but, you know, if Milner goes there, you know, I'm kind of holding on with time with Milner until I know what's happening because I'll do a full show on James Milner. No problem. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. An hour, an hour and a half on James Milner two and what he's hours, done at Liverpool. Two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. I was, I was saying that I was listening to the, 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 the Anfield rap and they were saying, it was actually the girls after the game yesterday, they were saying, isn't it such a shame that he doesn't have a song? Yeah. Because yeah. the Aston Villa game, if it's going to be his last, like they'll sing the Bobby song for Bobby's last game. What, what are they going to do for, for Milner? And yeah. he said, well, he, he is so ordinary. If you started singing a song, he'd probably tell you to shut up anyway. So. Yeah, yeah. And look, <laughs> it, the talk is, is that he's close to moving to, to Brighton. And I, if he does go there, I wish him all the best. If he stays at Liverpool in some sort of capacity, and I know people will go rasher when you say this, I'm absolutely fine with that. But I think it does make sense if he moves on. Because um, Kev was saying to me the other day, he goes, Gav, if he plays 30 minutes, if he plays 60 minutes on a Saturday, or maybe 30 on a, on a Wednesday, he's getting a game a week at Brighton. He's not getting that at Liverpool. And at 37, while you understand your role in a team, you want to get as many minutes as you can, especially for the likes of James Milner. There's other 36 year olds out there, 37, they go, oh, listen, I'm just fucking having the crack here. Do you know what I mean? I might play once a month. But he really wants to play and wants to keep at that level for so long. And Brighton are making a very clever move to do this because I think he... I think he's perfect for the young players he's bring they, they bring in all the time because that's what they do. They bring cool, in younger yeah. players and they you know they they, they they develop them on and I think Milner is Milner would be a great example to them. And also it, it will allow him I think to probably move into the coaching in a less high profile way. Because you know how it works. If he goes on to the coaching staff at Liverpool and Liverpool lose a game, but like, oh, that's because James Milner was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did James Milner write a book? Well, it's all his fault. You know the sort of way. So, um, but if he goes, if he goes, he's. I think he's fucking being brilliant for Liverpool. Um, and people can argue with that if you want. I don't really care. Um, and if he doesn't find a way, but I think him going actually makes players slot into different positions in the in the pecking order of Liverpool and I think it makes it a little bit easier as well when we look forward um, Kane Williams has just thrown in a one pound super chat um, and said nothing so um, thanks for that Kane. if you want to say something now without a super chat we read it out for you um, there's no other real names going around the McAllister one's the big one Graven Birch is still being thought around anything you've seen Keith before we go no not really um Zelinsky. Zelensky, oh, I see it during the week. I was like, what is going on here? Yeah, it has to be a wind up, doesn't it? Um, yeah, no, it, you know what? It's actually it's quiet, and I think I prefer when it's quiet. Um, I've no doubt Liverpool are going to do business, and we were speaking to Shawnee in, in WhatsApp, and, and Shawnee was saying he doesn't know, he, he doesn't know that he doesn't have the faith that there'll be any sort of money put into it but they have to with the players going on i think you hear on it with milner leaving if he does choose to leave it does even clarify it more you know i thought milner stays on you might need two midfield players but i think it i think it changes now i think you'd be looking at um you'd be looking at a bigger rebuild now because of that soiling killer says inacio yes that was seeing that one already um It'd be interesting. I, I don't know. Left-sided centre-back. I don't know. Um, he's a good player. He's a young player. There's a lot of good players out there that were linked with tenuously. I see um, Timber as well. was getting Yeah, Dave. Ma- apparently, TLFC says Dave Maddock is saying show many. But that, is that because of apparent, fall, apparent falling out between 
Shilmeni and and uh, Ancelotti. But Ancelotti won't be at Madrid next season. If he goes out of yeah. the Champions League, he won't be at Madrid. So Shilmeni is but, not to worry about. But that. I think I think they realise Shilmeni is a classic example of a player that was maybe Simeone. I think too many is a player that that was they they went in and panic bought when the Mbappe thing fell through and they paid too much money for him and the expectation especially at somewhere like Madrid he's quality a midfield player he's a good player but he's not an 80 million pound player sure, well, he, he played for 20. France against Ireland recently show many and Shawnee was at it and Shawnee said my god that fella is a machine. You know what I mean? When he's seeing him up close, he really, really he's, like He's it. a smashing player, but that's like, so it could be a thing that they're looking to move him on because they've spent too much money. If you can get him on a reduced sort of fee, cracking yeah. player, he's ideal for Liverpool. And I said that last year when we were linked with him. Like, yeah. um, he'd be ideal. He's the exact profile of what we need. So maybe a Gravenberch a makes a lot of sense as well to me. He's the distressed asset that you get that was so highly rated. And people going about his, his uh, attitude. I don't think there's any major attitude problems with him, to be totally honest. Um, and it reminds me of the Coutinho. You know what I mean? Like he goes into a big club, doesn't make it through, and you can get him a little bit. I'm not saying he's the same player, but mm. that it, it's the same sort of deal. I think there could be a bit of movement in grabbing Birch as well. So mm. it'd be interesting to see what happens. But there's not a, a ridiculous amount. And that's good. You know mm. what I mean? Because it's fucking wrecks your head when you're reading all this stuff. Kevin Balls says, Keith, have you seen it? Uh, Andre lad in Brazil meant to be very good Peter Andre, Andre. there's yeah. a few Andres which one are we talking about you have to there? tell him which one it is it's not Peter Andre uh, Red Steve man, there's some lovely names coming in here Red Steve mentions Feck here Luke O'Shea reckons Conor Plianca um, Shumeni is class I would snatch him up if we were back on the Marcus as Beijing um, Doak will get more um, next season he feels the reclaimer uh, LSC Monty uh, I think he's gone for it he's gone all in uh, Zielinski Renato Sanchez Hassam Uar what, whatever happened to him is he still a nice yeah he's Leon. Not, uh, Leon. Or Leon, he's Leon sorry Leon now. he's out contract uh, Samel, Samel Sabrosa Clint Dempsey incoming redemption window uh, he says um, I'm going to get I'm going to get Emmett's feelings on this just before we leave but before we go um, and before I remember there's 500 and odd just watching now 200 or so likes so if you're here and you're watching Hit the like button. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe. We're all right. We're all right. We just we do these shows nearly every night of the week. Um, loads of different lads on during the week. Loads of different views on loads of different things regarding Liverpool and football in general. Subscribe. Hit that icon, bell icon as well. And as soon as we set up the show, it comes up to tell you we are going to be live that evening. Um, the charity is for breast cancer research. Um, I'd like to thank Jake Semester who sent me a lovely prize during the week and I forgot to tell him it arrived. I'm telling you now, Jake, because I've just remembered. Um, we have got a couple more sponsors in. We need about seven, no, we need about 10 or 12 more sponsors for the day. It's only five or six weeks away now. If you want to sponsor any part of the golf day, it ranges from 100 to 150 euros, I'm going to tell you that. LFCDayTrippers at gmail.com and we will, we will do anything we can to help you if you want to donate a prize you, but you want to give money and we have to buy it or you want to sponsor holes or long drives whatever it might be if you can help us in any way please do so if you can't and you want to still donate the link is in the description or you can share it amongst your family your friends colleagues wherever it might be um it's going to be a great day does we i think there's four events lined up now between now and the end of august for the girls that are running this um dublin marathon 
for breast cancer research. The money they're going to raise, I think we're, we're closing on three grand raised already. Our target is 20. And these events is what bumps it up massively. Do you know what I mean? Like, we could come out with these events with sitting on 15, 16, and then it's the last push through to October to try to get it done before the marathon. So, um, want to mention LFC women who beat Chelsea, no, Man City today, two goals to one. Um, I think they were beaten by Chelsea last week. But uh, they beat Man City, a huge win. Chris Brack's 40th part weekend and everything. And they go and do that for him. So he's had a lovely weekend, let's say. Um, Jake says, at least it didn't smash in the post. I haven't opened the box yet. I hope it didn't. Um, if it did, me, me, the boot of my car would smell like um, whatever drink is in it, to be quite honest with you. Um, but look, uh, Luke O'Shea, 2 euro 49 uh Super chats uh, great stuff, lads. Thanks a million, Luke. And as I said, anything we raise from um, super chats between now and we're finished raising this 20 grand will go towards the girls as well. Um, like the show if you want Liverpool to get in the top four. Nice work by Ashley. I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, cool, that's, yeah. that's yeah, we're into that. Should do more of that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, like if, if um, your favorite color is red, you know, yeah. sort of thing. Um, but listen, it's um, it, it's a it's a big campaign we have. We always stick with it till we get to it. And by donating or getting in contact with us and giving us a few quid towards prizes or prizes themselves, it really, really helps, trust me, because the golf day is all paid for and the players all pay for it themselves. Like, you know, they all pay for it themselves. They they aren't getting anything back for paying for it. Like, they don't get an extra. They're, they're willing to pay for their golf, their field, their prizes. They've all paid for their own stuff. So every penny we make on the day, whether that's, raffles at the golf or raffles that night um will go towards these girls so it's 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 really important but if you can help us please do um like if you breathe oxygen oh that's a new one that's a good one um really good that one <laughs> um but emma before we go i'll give you the last word on transfers at the moment lexus mcallister grabbing bears we've seen that guy in nashville's being being touted there's just loads of names floating around i don't think there's anything massively solid in them mcallister's probably the most Solid at the mall. The whole mm. Bellingham stuff during the week was like, oh, he's, he's a Madrid player. And that hasn't really developed during the week either. So where do you stand in the raw before we head? Nobody knows nothing. Is <laughs> where I stand on it. Um, I I still don't believe the, the Bellingham. That's not me being kind of hanging on to it. I, I still don't believe the deal to, to Real Madrid because they almost had personal terms agreed on Wednesday. That's, yeah. that's some amount of discussions that are going on on mm-hmm. personal terms, and they're the they're the most important terms. Normally, you hear the a fee has been agreed with the club, uh, or sorry, a fee has been agreed with the player, and now they have to go to the club. But they've agreed it with Real Madrid, and now they have to trash out personal terms. I'm not sure Bellingham wants to go there. I still think Bellingham wants to come to Liverpool. She was only talk a week before that of him signing a new deal with an 80 million buyout clause next summer. So um, I think it's all all bullshit until we hear something solid. Um, I'm liking the, like he said, the kind of quiet time because when a silly season fully comes in, your phone is now in your hand. But, well, it'll um, start as soon I, as you know if Liverpool are in the top four or not. Yeah. That's when it's going to go. I, I think we're in a decent enough position. Somebody mentioned earlier on there, um, Carvalho on loan as kind of a make way for Alexi McAllister. Then there's the Ugarte links. I think... Uh, Carvalho might do well at uh, Sporting, sporting as, as a, yeah, mm. uh, and it is very similar to the Premier League. Although I don't know whether he's burned his bridges with the Portuguese, kind of stepping away from the yeah. 
under yeah. 21s and stuff like that so um look uh, I, I definitely do think we bring in people i think there's probably some sort of an agreement in place in terms of investment but they're not going to keep their powder dry on that until they have business done it'd be stupid to come out and announce an investment uh before doing any business but um i think with milner going i thought we needed two to three if milner goes i think it's definitely going to have to be three that we're probably going to need to bring in in the mm. summer would you do definitely two plus field. trent and then just bring in a new right back do you, no. does anyone Look, see yeah, trent's I, future I, in I, midfield I, no it's three midfielders it's yeah, definitely I don't want to uh, rain on the parade, but look, and I'm, I'm not, look, Keith, you're involved in football and other people that watch are involved in football. It's a hell of a lot more than, to, he has a hell of a lot more to learn to playing in midfield. And I think some of that was kind of shown up a little bit against Brentford. I don't think it was his best game in there. He was pressured an awful lot. He gave some sloppy passes. Although I thought he did, he did look excellent against uh, Fulham with his torn and all that kind of stuff. So he is learning, but I don't think he's the answer yet. So I still think we need to bring in your, your regular three midfielders. Yeah. And he can be an option, all right, but I, I don't think he's ready to, to be the answer just yet. Yeah. Um, I'm glad Antoine mentioned Ugarta because, uh, or Ugarta, whatever you may call it. What way would you Ugarte. pronounce that? Ugarte. 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 Oh, Ugarte. Okay, I'll try to say that from now on. I'm definitely going to say Ugarte, right? But just yeah, whatever. I might be wrong, you know I don't think you are. You're, you're, you're half South American at this stage. Um, <laughs> I was glad you mentioned that though, Antoine, because Jesus Christ, the handbreakers that were being torn on Ugarte during the week, or Ugarte as Keith likes to call him, and um, the handbreakers being called on him was unbelievable. Like it was like, oh, he's there, he's done. And then it was like not happening. It was just like, oh fuck off, lads, will you stop annoying me? Uh, David Mattis says, love you guys. Listen to Ta and Blood Red, but Day Trippers is far away. My favorite. I don't listen to a lot of Blood Red. I listen to the Anfield Raptor daily. Um, don't have a la- lack of knowledge. Stop you from sharing your opinion. This is the internet. Damn it, says Sas Copy. Um, let me see, let me see. Uh, Avo says these lads aren't here for anything more than. Uh, talking reds and helping others who need it just hit like it's a wordy cause yeah they all are wordy causes that we do in fairness and we do stick with them until we get them um let me see let me see there's no there's loads going on there um gav question if trent is injured do liverpool go back to a 4-3-3 formation or did he sign someone else to play inverted as well you see that's the question that's the thing if Trent wasn't there, what would you be doing? You'd be going him a right back and you'd be putting another midfielder in. It's just a tactic. I don't think it's a position. I think it's a tactic. He's still he'll still line out with three defenders and Trent. And you know, I still want three midfielders. I'm not I like I've liked what I've seen from Trent there in phases. I think Emmett's right. I think there's much tougher games where you could try this and it, it, Trent could look exposed and only because he's learning the position, right? But I'm much more comfortable if you tell me we're bringing in three midfielders next season. And if Trent wants to keep doing what he's doing, absolutely fine. It, and it'll actually work better if you bring in midfielders to have them legs and stuff like that. So, um, Red do you, not think, would you, do you not think if he's in midfield, he doesn't have to worry about the half right back shot that he's doing as well? That's where I think there's a little bit of. Yeah, but the whole thing of him being in midfield from that right back position is the tactic that uh, upsets other form. teams. Yeah, like, yeah. like if you go in, you say we're playing four three three with Trent in the three. They'll just match up against them, but now they can't. Now Liverpool and Indy playing a box. I'm just going Trent Jordan in there. There's still three lads buzzing around the place, but Jordan there as well, and they don't know what to do with them. They don't know whether to get the fella from out wide to come in with them, or to leave the fella out wide 
and they're outnumbered in midfield. They don't know what to do. Whereas if you go in with Trent just in there and you're standard right back somewhere, I think, I'm not saying he couldn't influence games. I just think the whole, not even surprise element of it, but just the outnumbering and the, the clever outnumbering that they're doing on the pitch is lost a little bit. I'm not saying he couldn't play in midfield, but I'm much more comfortable, much, much more comfortable with us bringing three midfielders in. And then looking at it and saying, because if it doesn't work, Keith, if you bring in a right back and you put Trent and two midfielders and it doesn't work, then you're going, Trent probably has to go back over there and now we're short. And we are short. Like so, it's. Uh, I'm sure we'll have loads of fucking um, discussions Three about this. Three midfielders, a right back, a centre back, a right winger, a centre forward, and two reserve keepers. Happy yeah. out. And the rest in jellies. Yeah. Right. Um, anyway, I think that's us done. Um, I said an hour and four minutes. It's an hour and forty. And sorry, Keith. I, oh, we just get too excited. We just get too excited. We'll, we'll try it next week. Um, well, um, next week either, but at least, <laughs> at least we're trying. Emma, anything else before we go? Just yeah, the reason I'm, I hope it doesn't rumble on for another 15 minutes. Yes. Um, love it. Oh. So, Salah and Alison. So Alison's 100 clean sheet. Yeah. And yeah. then more records for Salah. Yeah. Unbelievable. The real king. Yeah. Yeah, we had two kings at Anfield. We don't need another one. Yeah. <laughs> Sascop, I reckon, the key to selling 14 against this summer. Um, we are. We will do a show. In, during the summer when we before we sign anyone or sell anyone we'll do a show trying to predict but yeah Keith will be selling half the club no, uh, Mighty Red and everything will be getting the P45 yeah. right? that's how Keith rolls is he rolls. still there? I thought he was yeah. going <laughs> he might be he might be he's going to Brighton on a free um, yeah. part of the McAllister idea. yeah 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 yeah. sweet uh, Keith anything else before we go would you like to tell us what music you're listening to this week? no no I said it last week I'm, I'm uh, Marvin Gaynor up at the moment still? Um, Still, yeah, oh, I love, I love, love well, Motown as well. So, I'm going for a little bit of um, the you know, all the what's it, uh, Curtis Mayfield and all right. that sort of stuff, and um, yeah. Bobby Womack, all that sort of now into right. the 70s sort of funky yeah. stuff. Yeah. Flares, I'm, I'm crystal all balls, that, yeah. love yeah. all that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. quality, great. Okay, <laughs> we were we were going out for a drive today. I went downstairs and the missus was watching some documentary about the Bee Gees. Right. Oh, great. Uh, what a band. So we went out we oh. went out in the car and stuck the old Spotify on, drove over the mountains, over towards Roundwood and that, listening to the Bee Gees. But what's what what I then changed it to was is songs written for the by the Bee Gees for others. Yeah. Yeah. Great amazed songs. the amount of songs that yeah. they like islands in the stream. Chain anyway, reaction. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of them. Well this could go on for a, a while, but I'm gonna have to stop <laughs> yeah. this. Um, but if anybody wants to Google, if, if, anyone, if anyone wants to Google songs written by the Bee Gees for others and then make a playlist over and let us um, know what the playlist is, we will. There's already a playlist over. there on Spotify. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, you need to share that with me, then I'll have a listen. I'll have a listen. Um, has Keith he given the new Metallica? Have you given the new Metallica album a spin? Yes, no, I didn't know there was a new Metallica one. I must have a look. I do love Metallica. Metallica are brilliant. Bit of that, um, yeah. Keith loves everything. You won't catch him on anything. He'll listen yeah. to any old shit. Um, right, <laughs> that has been the fat back for Gav, Emma, Keith, everyone in the chat. It's been absolutely brilliant as usual. Um, tomorrow, ooh, winners and losers. Yeah. Um, Tuesday we usually after those games. <laughs> yeah, Tuesday we usually take off. Wednesday, I don't know whether to do a transfer show on Wednesday or do a call-in show. What do you think? Yeah, 
do a transfer call-in show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. transfer! Oh God, this is why I'm. I'm oh, this is why I'm, I'm not in charge of the programming for this channel. Um, okay, transfer call-in show on Wednesday. We I'll might like try it. to. I like that. Um, Thursday we'll try to the viewers' voice. Matt and uh, Glenn were on last week, and they're they're really good. The two of them together, and um, you have lovely chats. Friday will be your Premier League forecast. Saturday nothing. Sunday we'll be on. Monday we'll be back with full time Reds. So um, yeah, enjoy your week. Um, be good, be safe, um, whatever you're doing, have a good time. Um, and look, oh, the Eurovision's only a week away, isn't it? There you go, <sighs> something to look forward to. That's been the Fab Pack Four. Talk to you in a bit. <laughs> Over and out. Sports Social Podcast Network.